0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's the worst
1: idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time
2: of all time, CCG. Hello. Hello. Fifteen. Microphone check. Fifteen, guy. That's how many times you have to have watched Sex and City 2. Yes. To be having this conversation. Yes. If you haven't, you're not in the club. Any less, and you don't quite have a grasp on the context anymore, and you are losing context at a rate of knots. It's a bad club to be in. The high context Sex in the City Two Club. Yes. What did you take away from the film this week, guy? Uh I'm sort of it's quite I'm not taking away moments or like reactions to the film so much as the like a, an overriding feeling or understanding of something from having just been exposed to it again. Explain. Uh well it's like Is it like Groundhog Day? I guess by definition. Client you become more and more intimate with the thing. Yeah, like you don't pay attention to the In Groundhog Day's case, a day. In our case, <laughs> Sex in the City to 2 Abu the movie. Mm. It's yeah, it's um I mean it's hard it's we say it every week, it's hard to engage with. Yeah. I got very bored while watching it this week. Very bored, dangerously bored. And understandably so. Started making drinks with hot water and whiskey, honey, and garlic. lemon, ginger, and garlic. So hot toddy with garlic. And yeah. I've got to say, garlic is the most powerful flavor in the drink. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's really taking its, its hold over the other. But you used well, to think it's healthy. Powerful. Yeah, I'm convinced. Ginger is pretty powerful, uh, but garlic is is more powerful. No, I think that's is the, the ginger. It's more powerful. I think what you're feeling is the ginger. What I'm tasting mm. is the garlic. I don't think that's don't true. Tell me what I'm tasting. Well, I made the exact same drink for you and I, and I'm we, telling you, I'm overwhelmed by ginger. We have different tongues. Our tongues taste different things. It's all ginger. It's all ginger, baby. Anyhose, maybe you put twice the garlic in mine. Um, I didn't. I kept everything incredibly even. You have one clove you, that what, was no, cut and twined. Is you forgot to put the garlic in yours? I have one garlic clove I saw you stirring twain. mine with a loaf of garlic bread. Well, that's And true. yours with a metal spoon. I didn't think that would affect the taste. How could that not affect the taste? I'm it's a loaf s- of bread soaked in garlic butter. I also do apologise for all the crumbs that are in your one. That was my bad. They're not crumbs anymore. No. They're lemon rind as far as I'm concerned. Well, it's, well it's what all I choose the same. to believe. It's what I will continue to it believe. All, it all comes out the same in the end, doesn't it, Guy? <laughs> if it's all the same to you, Mr. Bat, it all comes out the same in the end. And the wash, everyone gets clean. I think the more you watch a movie, the more you gravitate towards the sound design. <laughs> because the sound design is what removes the I lot want of... you to rephrase what you just said and I want you to own the statement. I did own that statement. You said you. A lot of you's put it out put out there. The more I watch Sex in the City 2, the more I enjoy and credit the sound design. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, it masks a lot of dead moments, of which there are many. Mm. It generally sets a tone that the moving images part of the movie fails to do. The visual. The subconscious work of the sound design tells me we're in Abu Dhabi or tells... Like, even the music, which isn't obviously quite as subtle as... Is it diegetic or non-diegetic? Who knows? Who cares? Sound. It's, It's... it's doing a lot of the heavy lifting um subtlety is not a word I would use though to describe the soundtrack it designs sm- not track uh yeah okay well you were talking about music though yeah it was so in, in part like you know sitars no, yeah. sitars are pretty heavy that's yeah it's a sitar heavy piece for about however long they're in the Abu Dhabi the rest of it, it's crazy it's crazy isn't it that parts of this music origin, an original score music written specifically for this movie by someone someone out there wrote you got, it I mean you've got to do it don't you someone does you've trained yourself as a composer as a writer of music as a or as a conductor as a performer it's like that movie forgetting Sarah Marshall Jason's just plugging away at the bloody keyboard yeah you know and that's the real life of a lot of the people who worked on the, on the music for this movie unless it's just garage band loops which is also possible Yeah. Don't you reckon? Michael Patrick King may have also done the soundtracking. I haven't checked the credits while he was down there in the basement. What I think happened is he created a sort of a guide track that he gave to the composer and the sound designer. And he was like, something like this. Yeah. And then they started working on it in conjunction with watching the film. And then about maybe a third to halfway through, they're like, this is too long. Mm. This is not worth it. Yeah. You know what? I think he's mentally checked out of this project. I'm just going to leave it. Wouldn't it be... It's kind of fun to imagine that Michael Patrick Harris... King. um, Sorry, King. <laughs> I'm thinking of MPH. Neil Patrick Harris. That Michael Patrick King um, like did the whole movie on his MacBook Pro and, and just like did the guide track for the soundtrack and then edited it himself as well, just on a MacBook. I think he shot it. I think the whole thing was originally made. On an iPhone 4, on like a pre-release prototype of the iPhone 4. Yeah. To be... It was going to be an advertisement for... How good that camera is. The camera. And also the capa- the editing capabilities of the iPhone 4. Yeah. And so, they gave it to him. They were like, you got a week? Have at it. Have In at fact, it. In fact, you don't just get one. You got as many as you need to make this thing happen. On us. Yeah. On, on me, Steve Jobs, who's still alive at this point. A lot of the iPhone 4s he was giving to Michael Patrick King had... Like, there, there were like just basic, like offcuts, essentially. Like there were, there were things Yeah, there was a problems. little something wrong with each one of them. Some of them were like exuding a sort of radioactive goo, like a hot, black goo that yeah. you wouldn't notice to touch. It was at such a temperature, it would burn through your body, but you wouldn't feel the burning sensation. And I tell you what, there was a, a Geiger meter enthusiast who was working on the film, and they had to let him go because it was you couldn't, you couldn't record a single scene. The thing was going off all the time next to that iPhone that they were using to shoot with. But highly <laughs> radioactive. <laughs> highly. One of the phones had a weird thing where it just gave everyone a headache. They never quite figured it out. Was it like a freak... You know, there's those whistles which only dogs can hear. It was yeah. like a frequency at which only cast and crew involved in Sex and the City 2, the advertisement, as it was the original working title, mm. could hear this noise. And that's why there's quite a desperate and manic look in a lot of the eyes. I mean, obviously, in watching them, but also if you see the behind-the-scenes docos, of which there are many. Tons. Discovery Channel shot what they described as their magnum opus of 2010, a 72-hour ongoing real-time documentary of the making of Sex and the City 2. mm on a prototype of one of the first Samsung Android phones. Yeah. Just to really show them who's boss. Three days and three nights of the process of Michael Patrick King and the gals putting together a fantastic ad for an iPhone that eventually got released as a feature film accidentally. And if you watch back this documentary footage in conjunction with the film, you'll see a lot of manic looks, a lot of panic eyes, a lot of clutching at temples and ears. The weird thing is, in the... 72-hour making of that they shot on the Samsungs, uh, they, they got given a bunch of Samsung S5s uh, before they got released to make them, but they kind of got the off-cuts from the production line, so each one of the Samsungs had something kind of wrong with it. Faulty with it. One of them was sentient, and it kept it kept hitting on Michael Patrick King, which was very off-putting as a director. I mean, you try directing a, a feature-length advertisement when you've got a sentient prototypical smartphone Very telling difficult. you you've got a nice know, I don't care what those scientists say that this was the first example of a machine that could think, truly think for itself. We had to put the thing down. That's I right. don't care what benefits it could have provided to technology and yeah. science. I don't care. I don't care. It wasn't worth it. Because Michael Patrick King was put out. And if he's put out, you've got to change the situation. If our boy MKP is put out... We've got a problem. You, you better believe that something's going to be done about the situation. we are got to solve the problem. we are got to change something. We've got to change some variables. And the variable we had to change and that was destroying the sentient phone. He called himself Billy. That phone? Do you know that? No. He gave himself a name after the first couple of days. You have a level of information about this which runs deeper than mine, which I thought was probably as extensive as anyone's on the, on the planet. Well, I spent some time with Billy. He insisted that I call him Billy. He was what a smart, f- pretty smart cookie too, that fine. In 2010? Yeah. Before it worked on the film? Yeah. Or he, I suppose. Yeah, back then he was an S3 though. You mean to tell me it evolved? Yeah, in a manner of speaking. Yeah. Or matured? They took the they took the code that was in that S3. It was still Billy back then. They put it in an, in an S5, got way faster, so people started freaking out. So why we had to put him down. He wasn't sexual back then when he was an S3. He actually started as a um Samsung Galaxy S, which I'm not sure if people remember that phone, but he he basically just made cooing noises and shat himself a lot. And then he got put into an S2 uh, where he, he just wanted to read everything. and When you say he got quite cute put... Mm. Do you mean that it was there was an external person in control of this, or do you mean to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Newton, Newton, Crosby, kept uh, taking out that personality and putting it in a in a current gen Samsung phone. Have you ever thought of the movie as something which is aging like a human being week to week? So it it's one. I mean, for instance, today it turned fifteen. It's an adult. Adoles- it's an adolescence. Mm. It's pubescent So it's got a life expectancy of 52 watches And right now we're in it's teenage years It's awkward It's gawky It's all over the place It's emotional it's, it's mad at you It's up and no down reason. A lot of chemicals rolling around A lot of hormones Yeah that's probably a, a good analogy Because I remember back when we were watching Grown Ups 2 Which you might remember That has kind of followed that path where uh, at first it was kind of slightly exciting and new and weird and oh look at this thing and then it got very annoying when it became a teenager and then in its 20s it kind of matured and you sort of cared less and by the 30s you were just sort of dead to rights and then the 40s you really started to assess the decisions that you had made or we had made as parents and then once we were in the 50s it was like Jesus I'm just kind of excited to check out which I imagine is what it is like when you get to the end of your um life You're just done with it. Really? Hop on to the next bit. Jump on that cosmic carriage. Ride it to the next junction.
1: All aboard the cosmic carriage. Riding it to the next junction hole.
2: Junctions in space appear as holes. What we asked for last time was what you believe Sex and the City 2 is about based on what we've said so far in the podcast. And thank you so much for those who contributed. Guy will proceed to read some of the correspondence we've received. This is what you thought the movie was about, based on what we've said this season so far. Okay. Uh, this is from a lady named Eleanor. Hey, Eleanor. In Dublin, Ireland. Can you please read it with an Irish accent? I can try.
1: The plot of sex in the city tour... By someone who hasn't seen Sex in the City 2, Sex in the City 2 starts off with a big gay wedding that takes up roughly one hour of the movie length. Carrie is wearing some sort of demon headdress. There are swarms and Liza Minnelli performs. Carrie is accosted by a fan of her writing who thinks she needs to have kids. Then Carrie and Big have some sort of anniversary fight about a present of a TV. The girls get together to mourn about their lives. Charlotte is worrying about her husband cheating on her with their nanny. A man downs coffee in the background. To cheer them all up, Samantha invites them to a premiere. Mainly because she wants to bone the star. Miley Cyrus and her have some sort of red carpet dress-off. Then they go to Abu Dhabi? They need a holiday? They wear weird outfits and Samantha has sex with some Danish man. She drops condoms all over the ground and people frown upon them. Aiden is there too, also on holiday? Kara kisses him and feels bad about it. There is no reason for anyone to be there. They're horrifically racist and decide to go home? No idea what happens then. Probably nothing. The entire movie is ten hours long.
2: <laughs> I'm so impressed with Eleanor, and I'm so impressed with you as well, guy. Eleanor, apart from a few um chronological errors. And you, not that many either. You pretty much <laughs> you nailed it, man. Get the crux of the film. Yeah, that's absolutely it. Well done, you. We got new. do you want to go on to a second one? Alec. Wilder, who gave us a submission underneath 100 words. What I would like to note at this point is a lot of the submissions involve countless question marks. (laughs) (laughs) Back yourselves, listeners. We sure have. We've backed you. So far as I can tell from what has been described to me is that there are four women that live in what I assume to be New York. They get coffee where a crazy guy frequents after they clack at each other for a bit they go to Abu Dhabi because of Jiscusi franchising opportunities and try to fuck a whole football team the massive orgy is frowned upon there so they go to the desert to film a Range Rover commercial
3: and then eventually one of the old birds goes home to her husband or something yes the end
2: I've never seen any of the TV shows or movies how did I do like if the criteria is describing the movie which should have been made, <laughs> you get an A plus. Or, or not even what should be made. What kind of came out? Yeah, yeah, a little. Uh, Elliot Brooks from England. Would you like an accent? Uh, we'd like a French accent. <clears throat>
3: because I've moved. <laughs> okay. Carrie goes to a gay wedding where she reunites with a squadron of loyal girl pals who she hasn't seen for three years. These three years have been pretty dire for all involved. One of them has a baby, one of them has failing business, and I'm pretty sure there's another one who said about something. Possibly due to falling stock markets, courtesy of big illegal practices. A film is made based on one of Carrie's books, so she has to go to Abu Dhabi to watch it being filmed, just like the real authors don't. She invites her miserable friends along in an attempt to cheer them up. On the arrival, they are given manservants and make Dick Sperter an architect or something. He tries to have sex with all of them, but only succeeds with one, generating a 25% success rate. Carrie kisses a man who isn't her husband, Adrian Aiden, I do not know, but decides against pursuing the affair. Thus the film ends with no major or purposeful decisions made by any of the leading cast. Mali Cyrus is somehow involved. Points out of ten, best from England, via France or the other way around. I get confused with uh, the order of sort of subjects and clauses in anyway Elliot.
2: Out of ten, Elliot, uh I'm giving that a seven and a half. Guy. Dude. Well, it's impossible to judge Because it's so obvious to us, isn't it? Having seen it 15 times Yeah, that's true And this guy hasn't even I mean, I probably wouldn't get a I don't 10 think, out of 10 seeing it once I, I don't, think at, any, I don't think at any point we suggested Carrie Writes the book that they make the movie about Although it's <laughs> oh, a nice no, no, twi- we, we did get muddled a little bit though Insofar as She writes a book Well, she writes a, a book about marriage Let me clean that up right now for you Who was that? Elliot? Elliot Brooks Elliot Brooks uh, son of Mel Brooks of course comedy legend um, the truth of the matter is that Heart of the Desert which is the movie premiere they go to see is is probably not based on any book much less Carrie's Carrie's book is about marriage and that's one of the points There's a point I wanted to raise in this podcast Carrie's book which we understand has been written as a satire yes the entire conceit the entire like premise of her book is that each chapter she hilariously and bitingly unpacks one of the traditional wedding vows maybe that's what it that's what it is okay from reading the review of it in the new york which we've paused the screen on and from the conversation the gals have when they're t- discussing the the scathing review that's what the book is i am not a writer yeah i have not written a book but to me yes what that sounds like is a blog post at best, right? <laughs> with maybe a hundred word, funny, dismissive blurb underneath. Listicle, maybe? Yes. Would you extend to a Listic Yes, but I can that, see I can most. see how it would get tired. Yeah, as an entire book, you wouldn't it read just, it. No, it feels kind of bad. Basic? I know that could be part of the appeal But it d- doesn't it feel to you Like it's just a bit Um It feels anemic As a subject matter for a book <laughs> Iron deficient Although Not enough meat on those bones I don't know Good books have been written about less I assume Yeah but Sometimes it's not the f- It's difficult What in the holy hell is that? Some uh, weird sounds coming out of this house It's a ghost <laughs> Practicing a- the bagpipes <laughs> Oh Jesus Yeah Didn't your landlord tell you? Didn't Rob tell you? But there's a haunted well, musical ghost in here. In 1923, a man the by the did- name of Willie McUtigus, Uh he was, he was killed when he was gang-tackled while practising the bagpipes, and one of the pipes went down his gullet. And the weird thing is that that ghost is now haunted by another ghost. One of the uh, tacklers, of course, was so impacted by, by the death of Willis that they, they threw themselves off the Harbour Bridge we did discuss the possibility of um, this watch. You get to pick a moment where each one of the girls gets tackled, side sidelined. It's a blasted freight train. It's like a holiday prank that they do whenever they go away. Is <laughs> two of the gals or one of the girls? Like at any point, you get a free tackle on one of your other holiday makers. That was a fun thing to do because you're at least looking at for the time. You're looking for an opening to really lay one of those broads out. And there's, I mean, opportunities abound, especially at the moments when it's meant to be the emotional heart of the film. It would be very comical. Yeah. Because, like, there are parts in it now where you see the strain.
0: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: Not the actor's strain, but the actual character's strain and their friendships. Like when Carrie's complaining to Samantha about Mr. Big when they're going shopping for the premiere. You know what I'm talking about, eh? And Samantha's just like, just says whatever it will take to shut Carrie up. You well, know. She's not even listening to what she... Yeah. She ob- quite obviously isn't taking in what she's saying because Car- Carrie's saying, can we come to the premiere? I think we need a little sparkle in our marriage. You know, everything's getting very drab and it's all about the couch. Yeah. <laughs> it's- and Samantha's just... She just goes, yeah, you'll have fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. You've paid attention to one sentence out of five and it was the least important part. I am a sinner
1: who's probably gonna sin again.
2: Same bitch, do my vibe. The bagpipe playing ghost has evolved into a clarinet playing. Is it a cl- I was trying to. Or is it a sax? Song. I think it's a tenor sax. Nah, that is the unmistakable sound of a woodwind instrument. Mm, it's not brassy enough for a sax. You know what I think? Clarinets sound very similar to saxophones. In fact, they are basically baby saxophones. Anywho's. We're not here to talk about a ghost that's haunted by another uh, ghost that's playing a the haunted other, and instrument. I just want to quickly say, it's better, it's better seen than heard, but my favourite uh, submission of the plot was a, was like a timeline written down on an A4 sheet of paper by someone called Yadin Eliashiv. Uh The summary goes, plot, wedding, in a huge block. New York stuff in a very thin block. Oh, the plot is in a very thin block. Wedding is in about like 30... of the page, tiny bit of New York stuff, tiny bit of arguing, Abu Dhabi, which is like 45% of the page, and then The Ascension of the Rat King. (laughs) (laughs) Which a lot of people skip over when they see this movie for the first, oh, I don't know, dozen times. I would challenge that a reason this movie was critically panned as it was upon its release is a lot of people didn't maybe pick up on the nuances, the subtleties. The ascension of the Rat King. I mean, the way they see that story throughout. You've got to really dig into the movie to find the clues. For example, Brady, school, science experiment, experimenting with the intelligence of rats. Winning a prize for Blue discovering rib. the true intelligence of rats. It's all there, people. The blueprint is there for you to discover how Brady ascends to be the Rat King under the stewardship originally of his father, Steve, who gets made the mayor of Steve, New York City.
1: I got a great... I got another great business idea, quit your job. We're gonna start a business where we record, I'm gonna record all of the sat-nav, all the GPS directions for people's cars. That's, I'm gonna be that guy. Turn left in a hundred meters. Oh, you missed the turnoff. That's okay. Keep, just keep going, it's okay. Hey, do you wanna do some spelling practice? No, maybe I'll just do some.
2: (laughs) I mean, yeah. The business has a few uh, kinks to iron out. Well, I think it's all in the marketing, I think. Because where one person sees a terrible distraction while you're trying to get directions to get to your final destination, I see added value. Mm. Sometimes I'm in the car and I go, you know what I could brush up on at the moment? My spelling skills. My Boston spelling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to. <laughs> so Sorry. Strain. I didn't I didn't specify. I, I think it kind of goes without saying. But yeah, Boston spelling. Oh,
1: hey, 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 well, my God. I do not want to watch this movie Did you
2: have a shining light this week? I
1: believe I try to find some.
2: That's not what it's doing to me. Maybe that's the sultry sound of the clarinet bleeding through the floorboards. That haunted ghost—it's quite literally clarinets and saxophones rising through the floorboards right now. Our ankles are awash in woodwind wood and brass instruments. Do you reckon every ghost is haunted by another ghost, and they just get progressively smaller? So at some level, there's like a nano ghost. And it's always one ghost removed. And the only way that a ghost can die off is not actually through achieving its dream of what it wanted, to, like of, closing, of closure from what it wanted for being alive, but mm. by being progressively phased out by the haunting of the next ghost. How do you mean? And you shrink as a ghost and shrink and shrink until you evaporate into nothingness, into the atmosphere. So if you're a big ghost, you have to wait until you very next level down of ghost. Yeah. That's why ghosts respect small ghosts because they're senior. Right. Ghosts are very traditional in that sense. So, actually, the bigger you are in the ghost community, the further down the ladder you are. That's where the uh, popular colloquialism, you big dumb ghost, comes from. I didn't know that. Well, let's just not say that this podcast hasn't done anything for us. Every, I. D- every day's a school, though. Did not. Oh, I, 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 I try to pick out lies. I mean, they've both completely abandoned me. Um, there was a there was a line that Samantha delivered, which I remember enjoying, and I said to you something. Um, Cocktails. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess that I also said that one. So, is that okay? Of is, course. Are you claiming that as yours, or are you no, 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 me? no. I've got a different one. Oh, great. I've got my own. Good on you. Yeah, bud. Gotta respect you. Don't you worry about old Timbo. Yeah, Runkle Rankle says, "All right, who wants a cocktail when the conversation's getting a little?" little bit uncomfortable at the big gay wedding and I, I just like the way he says cocktails I said this to you today uh, with each viewing of the movie in addition to the sound design becoming more appealing I like any of the lines which like jump out at me at first which doesn't mean I'm watching a movie and someone sees a line which is a little bit off kilter I'm always like oh that was weird yeah it's a weird like editing choice but I think um, with every passing view I'm like oh way to go way to have a bit of fun with it way to do something different So we're talking about Examples like In a line where Maybe the word that you thought Would be emphasised isn't They'd pick a different word To really hammer home Yeah I think That can be fun Yeah Just anything which feels A bit funky A bit fresh Yours please When we were in the hotel And uh, Fuck I did remember his name Daboon The guy at the front desk Oh yeah I can't remember Um, his name either But yeah Badoon No Badoon I don't know the desk is being served by a DVD of the Oliver Stone Vietnam War movie Platoon. Yeah, so the picture of Charlie Sheen on the bright shiny disc rings the room and Samantha picks up and um, when it does the wide shot of the Platoon disc, you see at the the back of the desk there's three pictures of, I guess they're former hotel owners, owners of that hotel, presumably, or maybe they're shakes of the country yeah. and it's like a patriotism kind of thing. But... um The guy in the middle, very sullen, and he's the one we see the most because in the -the over-the-shoulder shot of Platoon, he's the only one we see. Comes out, you can see the guy on the left, and he's got a bit of a smile. But you look at the dude on the right, and he is, like, staring down the barrel of the artist who has made the portrait and given a very cheeky, like, (laughs) like, basically a wink and a smile. Can't believe we pulled it off kind of. of It's a knowing smile, and um, it's another one of those places where I just... Hope that it's a, a decision, a joke, a little inside reference that the set dresser has managed to sneak in there without anyone noticing. Just have a bit of fun. Just to break up the day. Just to break up the day, you know? Just to break up the working day. Tim. Guy. Would you like a walk-on role in Sex in the City 3? Um, well. You get one line. Do you know what? I wouldn't. I couldn't be bothered. You, no. You get one line and um and you get free airfares for the rest of your life. But <laughs> yeah. You have to watch Sex in the City 3 yeah once every week for the rest of your life. Oh, okay. I'm going to say yes. I think you would have to be some sort of yeah idiot so well you, hold on you haven't told me how long it is though is it, it could be a trick shot 12 hours <laughs> oh, oh, oh. it's oh, like any Lord. sort of reasonable length flight no in so that, that, case, there, that that's, see that is the condition is that ev- for every flight you take yeah. you have to watch Sex not and City three, which is 12 hours length. and no way is it worth it but on a shorter flight you don't have to watch the whole thing you just have to watch whatever it is. I don't care not worth it absolutely not how about you same conditions Thing is, it would take the sheen off any time you arrive in a new country. If you, if you are just a normal human being like us right now, we've got the ability to fly. We've just got to find the money somewhere. This is like, this is removing that. This is like, do you know how great it would be I know but it's not worth just... the trade off. Money's not worth that much. Money is not worth me having to watch twelve hours of Sex in the City three over and over again. You're every a, time I catch a flight, you've got a line. I don't. It, it's and the irony is that your line is you're the pilot on a flight, of like a private jet that all the four girls are on. Mm-hmm. And what's the line? Have a wonderful flight. I know oh. I will. Oh god, it's not worth it. And then you wink down the barrel of the camera at yourself. Oh. So like you're you're okay, saying? Okay, game changer. Hold on. So do. Okay, so I totally barrel the lens. Absolutely. Am I the only one who gets to do that in the movie? Yeah, kind of break the fourth. You don't do it like as a choice. You're just a terrible performer, and you can't help but do it. And but it is. A, it makes the edit. you won a contest, so you have to be in the movie, and that's the best take. And it's the, the day. best take. Ah, oh, that really changes it for me. Um, I'm still probably leaning towards no, but I'm very much more on the fence. I think it makes the movie better. The old wink in the. I think the fact that you snuck a wink into the movie is. Tell you, I'll tell you who snuck a wink into the camera which made the movie better none other than Sarah Jessica Parker's husband Matthew Broderick in a little film called Ferris Bueller's Day Off which mm. was like the first one of the first movies he ever did and the greatest movie he ever did who's with me John Hughes for life R.I.P. I'm with you everyone that's it, like a movie is a touch a touching point for a lot of people touchstone if you will <laughs> Oh yeah, right the up point there, you're touching is a stone. Right up there with uh, Ghostbusters and um, The Labyrinth. But I digress. <coughs> what was your low light of the movie? <laughs> what? By the way, we have got very <laughs> itchy throats. You've had a cold all... I think it might be bronchitis. All ages. Is that contagious? No, have you given me I've it for like 10 days. Yeah, but I've been hanging days. out with you for 10 days. Yeah, but it's just been lurking in my body it's not threatening it's just like I live here now and I'm like get out of here Professor Bronchitis I know you know a lot about history but what was your low light of the film guy tell me about how it relates to the relationship you had with your mother growing up (sighs) I can't promise to do that um the low light of the film Tim, I think that's an unfair question. I think that's even more unfair than asking for a shining light, and that it's too the the question's too big. Give me the gift of a clear brief. The, the questions guy on, too, gone, my brain cannot comprehend. It, so you need more parameters. What uh, what part of the movie made you feel like you didn't want to watch the movie more than any other part of the movie today? What was the point where you're at your lowest and you felt like you couldn't go on you couldn't watch it anymore and you trembled in fear at the prospect of another um 37 watches of this movie uh i think i don't know like when they get to the airport in abu dhabi Mm. you feel like you've been there for so long yeah and it's just not even you haven't even it's like, it's like your friend, you're at a meal, your friend's having a potluck. No, not a potluck. Like your friend's hosting dinner and they're not a good cook, but they really want to become a good cook and they're trying their hardest. And they serve you a meal. Yeah. And it is atrocious. Mm. And you're eating and you're like, I cannot, I cannot get through this meal. But you're like, but from the goodness of my heart, I will try. And you eat for what feels like 10 hours and your stomach is overflowing with whatever this is it feels like. And then you look down. And you haven't even, you've barely put a dent. Like if someone arrived at the dinner party now, they'd look at your plate and they'd be like, oh, great, you haven't started eating. (laughs) That's how you felt at that moment. That's how I feel (laughs) whenever I'm around the movie. Yeah. What have we done? Like just over 20%? You can eat 20% of a meal and it cannot look like you've touched your meal. Yeah, that's true. And that's kind of where it's at. Um, I think today more than any other day This was the first time when I was really like I um, want to find a way to get out of this To to end it No You you, uh, maybe internally You didn't communicate that with your body To me you just look tired That's just the face I put on when I'm despairing But it was bad I don't want to do the podcast anymore I don't want to watch the movie Yeah Bad time. So that's a, that feeling is wrong. That feeling you're having inside yourself is wrong. I just want to do the rest of my life without having to be tied to this two and a half hour. Look, this, okay, on well the this, it, this, this on brings me quite based. nicely to one of the great joys of the week, which was the flood of self portraits we received of people enjoying this, which is the very motivation. Did that not inspire you? Did you not think to yourself, wow, something's actually getting so there's something. Happening out of this Don't get me wrong It was wonderful to see All those bright shiny faces Coming through The various social medias Of them going Hey I'm enjoying what you're doing Even though I know You're not enjoying Doing it That was cool But there's only so far That will get a man Guy we've got one Important piece of terrain That we have yet to Explore And that, of course, is our regular feature for the worst idea of all time, season two. What's
3: he wearing? Where's he he off
2: to? Well, he, he drank his caffeine at pace, didn't he? The man has a wax-soaked tongue. A, a tongue soaked in wax. Candle wax. He's, the man hasn't just licked wax and had it pour on his tongue and set. He's actually fallen asleep with his wagging, dog-like, extra-long human tongue inside of a lit candle. He and got, he has coated and then soaked his whole tongue in candle wax. He got a tongue implant. As a younger man. He saw Kiss live in Detroit, Rock City. soon performing live, got inspired by Gene. Anyway, so here is a guy who is pretty much at the crossroads of his day, yes. His life, maybe. He's an entrepreneur. He's developed a few ideas. None of them are really taken off in the way that he said they would in high school. He invented exploding kindling. It's supposed to start fires, but um, what it actually started doing was starting house fires because the fire would start, but then because it had explosives in it, it would blow the yeah the fiery bits all over the house. There there wasn't destroyed a like, lot of fireplaces. That there men- wasn't any specific state law in Michigan around the legality of what he was doing, and so he kind of managed to sidestep any serious legal ramifications. And God bless Michigan. For really taking a stand against regulation in the kindling realm, because too many bloody states, nanny are, states, they're at the behest of big water, you know, and big firefighter, two of the most bloody pussy lobbies there are, really. I'll I'll say it, pussy you're, lobbies. You're fearless, Tim. Big you're, water and big firefighter. Anyway, so he he's he's pretty much he's gone to this cafe. And he's drinking coffee and he's thinking to himself either by drinking this hot coffee it will melt the wax and free my tongue and esophagus Mm. allowing me to return to life as usual or even the scalding hot coffee will not prove hot enough to melt this and I might have stumbled into a business opportunity the likes of which people have not seen since exploding candling. What would the Invention be off the back of his coffee not being hot enough to melt the wax uh, that has a tongue his mold, tongue. a new way of identifying dead bodies at a morgue. A tongue mold, what do you are know? You how talking they take about? dental records, sure. Every human tongue is unique in the same way that every set of human teeth and every set of fingerprints is unique. Okay, he knows that what's the name of someone who works at a morgue, mortician. Morgtician. No mortician. Well, they missed a great Portmanteau. <laughs> Morgticians, yes, are tired of the ways of identifying bodies. They're looking for new, exciting ways. It's a dreary line of work, yeah, undeniably. Incisor, molar, got it. It's Mr. Smith. The tongue mold has the opportunity to revolutionize the way, mm. we identify bodies. Not dead bodies, just not just dead bodies either. Any bodies. You go down to the police station, suddenly they're not taking fingerprints, they're taking tongue moulds. I just... They also are a great way to decorate the captain's office. You've got the tongue moulds of the top 10 most wanted criminals hanging above your head. What a great reminder of why you're sitting in power. To get out there and catch those tongues. It just doesn't seem... I don't want to shit all over this guy's idea. It just doesn't seem like the most convenient way to get the personal identification of someone look <laughs> this guy's clearly been on some sort of bender if he's in a state of inebriation to fall down and have wax melt over his entire mouth wake up go to a coffee house somehow communicate to the barista that you want a coffee when yeah. you cannot form a single word yeah all right <laughs> Well, Coffee Man, we salute you and your enterprising ways. May forever Michigan's fight against regulation reign and your adventurous, pioneering spirit into entrepreneurship Ka-ka-ka-ka. rise and continue to rise and rise and rise and rise. Uh, for us, we shall fall and leave. To the listener, we salute you heartily. To any domestic pets of the listener, We did not know you understood this. Thank you for joining us also. We'll catch you next week. Farewell and goodbye.
1: It's the worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. time.